Did your day start like mine? I hope I can find that shovel. Where's that shovel? And then the phone rings. Can you bring a shovel to church? Oh, now I need a shovel for church. Where's my shovel? So I go back to the shed in my shoes through the snow to find my shovel right where I left it. I love it when it works out like that. I love it when the things you hope for happen. I hope I get lunch today. Pretty good certainty that I will. I did last week. I did yesterday. I hope uh, I get a nap before halftime today. I'm pretty certain I will. I, I did last week. I hope that when I awake from that nap, my team is winning. I'm pretty sure they will be, because I'm a Tom Brady fan. I hope we can get ready for Christmas in time. Pretty sure we will, because we do every year. Hope. Hope. Hope looks really different in a lot of different ways. We can hope for some really simple things, and, and really, I think, in, in that way, we're, we're wishing for it more than we're really hoping for it. You know, like that, that baking that your, your mom makes or your spouse makes or your kids make for you? That's, that's a wish. I can, I can get by without that. I, I really do wish, though, if my mother is watching, that she'll make those snowballs with the chocolate and the marshmallow and the the fruit and the coconut on the outside. Are you aware of those? The ones that are better from the fridge? Yeah. I, I, really, I really wish that will happen when they come to visit later next month. But hope. Hope is not just for the hopeless. Let me say it again. Hope is not just for the hopeless. Have you found yourself in situations where it feels completely hopeless. I mean, there's no chance of this thing turning around. There's, there's no chance of a light at the end of the tunnel. There's, there's just no chance. Complete hopelessness. I've been there. Many of us have been there. Those who are in front of my face are telling me that by the nod of your head. You relate. But you know, there are groups of people, and, and I know one of these people, who don't have that experience. In fact, when we talk about hopelessness or how times can be difficult or challenging, they don't relate because life's pretty good for them. They've got it organized pretty well. And I'm not talking people who are not Christ followers. I'm talking about people who are Christ followers. They just haven't had the experiences in life that cause them to look at hope and really reflect on hope. Well, this morning, I hope I can hit both of those target audiences. Because I think that God's Word, which we're going to read a lot of God's Word this morning, I hope that God's Word will have something for each of us. In the last few weeks, um, as I interact with people, which I love to do, and my job allows me to do that, I, I've been in so many different conversations about, about different places where people are at in life, and maybe you have that experience as well, or maybe you've had the opportunity to share your experience with someone like me in your home doing work or in a local retail store. 
But the thing I keep hearing over and over again are stories of difficulties, challenges, situations where people, they may not use the word hope or hopeless, but they feel like they're in a tough spot and they feel like there's no hope. It doesn't, it seems, it seems like there's not hardly a week or two goes by where you don't hear of someone who um, has some sickness, some illness. Uh, cancer is a big part of my world, and I seem to run into people that are challenging, challenged with the C word all the time. Loss of life. People being cared for in their late stages of life, and how those can be such challenging times for us to get through. They can push us past our comfort level. We would prefer to have the sun shining and a calm day and dry roads if you're a cyclist. But we wake up some days and it's overcast, whether it's literally or figuratively for you, and we need to find hope. So as I talk to you this morning, I, I hope that you'll recognize that I find my hope in one place. One place. I don't have options to go to for hope. I have one place. I have one foundation. I have one place for hope, and that's in my God. Hope in God. Hope is not just for the hopeless. I don't think of myself as someone who looks at life and I think of it as hopeless. I don't think of myself that way. Hope is for each of us, and hope is needed by each of us. So as we um, just think a little bit about hope and reflection this morning, I want to share a couple of stories with you, and then I, I literally do want to just read some scripture for us this morning. Because as I go to God's Word, I find hope. First story I want to tell you is, is one about funerals. I am the type of person, uh, and if you know me well, I may have shared this, this with you before, but I have times where I fear death. Personally, I have times when I fear death, when I feel like really uncertain about what might happen to me in five minutes, five years, 50 years, however long it is that, that my time on life is, and I fear it. And that's a real fear for me. It's not something that's made up. It's not something I conjure up in my mind when I'm tired and it's dark and no one's around. It's something that just hits me every now and then. And it's like a wave and it's gone. But there's one place constantly in my life where that fear not only is never there, but in fact I feel the exact opposite. And I anticipate and look forward to dying. And that is at funerals. So you're thinking the same thing I thought when I realized that, because I'm like, There's, this is happening too many times for it to be just coincidence. Why, Terry, do you feel not only comfortable, but confident in your death at a funeral? It's simple. You go to funerals, what, what's talked about at funerals? It's the life of the person who has passed away is talked about, and what happens after you pass away is talked about. And if you are a believer, a God-fearing, God-loving, God-following person, what you're going to hear about is this place called heaven, right? Have you been at those funerals, or is this, these are the only funerals I go to? I hear about heaven. I hear about a hope that comes after the heart stops beating. 
That's what I hear about. And for me, and I rest there. So why do I rest there when I hear about eternity? It's because there's only one hope. God is my hope. Only one hope. I think it's helpful for us as, as uh, individuals in life to take times of reflection. And my best reflection story is when I was camping one time, we had paddled into this, this uh, campsite on McRae Lake. And McRae Lake is crown land. You don't have to pay for your site. So, that, you know, there's plus and minuses with that, of course. But, but we paddled into this place, and then, then we had to climb up. We pulled our boats up on shore, and we had to climb up this rock face, which was likely about 95 or 100 feet high. We take all our gear up this because I know there's a really good campsite up there. So that's where we camped out. Had a bunch of high school kids with us, set our tents up, got dinner going, got a fire going to enjoy, you know, what you do when you're camping, which is basically work hard so that you can sit and do nothing, so that you can work hard, so that you can sleep and go back to work the next day. And so we're sitting around this campfire, and we're up over this cliff, and, and we're back far enough. It's, it's safe. There's no risk. But then we looked up, and the, the sky was just, was just peppered in stars. I mean, covered in stars. I mean, there were so many stars, there almost wasn't a black sky. You had those experiences? You have to get away from the city for those experiences. And we're, we're just kind of reclining around the campfire now, looking up at the sky. And we're just, we're in awe. We're in awe. This is all part of God's creation. This is what he put in place for us to enjoy. And so we're laying there, we're enjoying it. And, and I don't know how much time went by. But as we're enjoying it, finally somebody says, hey guys, look down. So we're laying there, you know, enjoying God's nature and creation, and look down is the instruction given by one of the people sitting around the campfire. So we look down, and I'm like, yeah, well, there's the ground. And she said, no, no, look down at the lake. We looked down at the lake, and I had to do a double take. I looked up, and I looked down. It was the same. The reflection was, was so similar that it was throwing off my equilibrium. I, I wasn't sure which was up and which was down. The reflection was that clear that the stars reflecting on the night, or off the lake into the night sky was just crystal clear on the water. I've never seen anything like it. I was in awe. And then we heard a little commotion off in the distance. We figured out later somebody was pulling their canoe up out of the water. You know what happened. And the reflection was washed away. Gone. Didn't return that night. It was gone. It was completely gone. The awesomeness of that reflection of what we could see on the water because of what was happening in the sky was gone. It wasn't there. It was as if it never existed. And we saw it leaving as if it had never been there. I leave the funeral, and weeks, days, months later, that's my recollect of death. And I forget about 
that funeral experience, that, that focus on eternity experience where, where I know, I know, not because I've seen it, I know, not because I know anyone who's seen it, but I, I know heaven's real. I know it's real. There's enough evidence for me in my life and in the lives of those around me that, that I just know it's real. It's a real hope. And that's what I would propose to you as a biblical perspective of hope. It's not hope that I hope I get lunch today, and I hope my football team wins today, and I, I hope that my son shovels the driveway. I can put a little sidebar of announcements in here, right? Um, before I get home so I don't put tire tracks in the driveway. I don't know. I'm like that. But I hope for these things. But see, as a biblical perspective for hope, it actually is a hope. It's a realistic hope of a real expectation. It's really going to come to fruition. The hope that we have in God. It really is. That's different than any other hope that we have. But the reality is, as sure as those stars shine from that sky, and they illuminate the sky in such a magnificent way, and we can see that reflection, we, we have the understanding that this is here because of what we see here and what we see as our perfectly clear reflection. The problem is that sometimes something happens and it wipes it out. And we forget this is still here because this is gone. Are you tracking? That's my life. This has remained unchanged. This is exactly the way it's been. This is exactly God's design. It's, it's the stars he hung in the heavens for us to enjoy. And yet, just because some, something happened, I didn't even do it. Some, somebody else moved it. Somebody else uh, adjusted something, and, and it just it made it as if it never existed. See, I, I don't like the term hopelessness. I like the phrase, a feeling of hopelessness. I think that actually reflects what we experience more than just saying it's hopeless. What we're experiencing is a feeling of hopelessness. The greatest thing about feelings is their feelings. I've cried more this week than I can remember in a long time over so many different things. Some of them really, really good. And some of them really, really sad. And those tears came as a result of feelings. I love feelings. I'm a feelings person. I, I emote. I express. I hurt deeply and rejoice in a large way. That's who I am. That's how God made me. And I'm okay with that. But the great thing about feelings is feelings do not change facts. A promise is a promise, and a fact is a fact. So as we go uh, in and out of our funeral services, figuratively for you, literally for me, we're going to have those feelings. They're going to, uh, they're going to change. They're going to uh, act differently and develop in different ways. And, and sometimes they're going to resonate so deeply with us that we're going to overflow with some kind of emotion. And other times we're going to respond with putting our back up and clenching our fists and crossing our arms and, and, and the posture that tries to resist the feelings that are valuable for us to express. We're going to compartmentalize those to the side and deal with those later, right? We know what happens to those things we push aside to deal with later, though. We, we eventually have to go back to them and have to deal with them. But those are feelings. Feelings. 
Romans 15, verse 4 says this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So where do we go when we feel hopeless? Well, I've already told you the answer. I gave you the end of the sermon at the beginning of the sermon in case you dozed off. God of hope. Okay, but that sounds so, so out there. You know how God can feel like he's a long way away sometimes? You know how sometimes it doesn't feel like God's walking with us? You know that, that uh, illustration about God walking with you on the beach and the sand and, and the question is, you know, where were you when there was only one set of footprints? I, I heard a little bit of a, an adjustment to that. And uh, it, was, it was actually God saying, well, that's when I was dragging you as opposed to when I was carrying you. And I think for some of us, that, that actually fits a little bit better because uh, I, I'm not always the, the person who wants to just be picked up by God and kind of coddled and carried. I, I think I'm, more often he's pulling me kicking and screaming. And, and I sense that sometimes when, when I clench my fists and, and I get my arms crossed and I get my defenses up and my back up. But the great thing is God's going to respond to you and to me in whatever way is working for you or for me. That's how he works. That's how he is. That's who he is. That's how he loves us. So whatever way he moves you along, move with him. And when you feel like you can put a foot down for a minute, because you're feeling okay about the direction he's taking you, put a foot down. If you feel like you can walk with him, walk with him. If you feel like you need to be carried, let him carry you. Focus on God's word when you, when you feel hopeless. Focus on God's Word. I don't know about you, but these are challenging. Are they not? Because you've likely already checked the ones off that were easy. Because I always start with the task that's easy, right? I actually try to start with the task that's most difficult. But I'll tell you, acts of kindness, that's pretty easy for me. Scripture reading, that's a little more of a challenge. So that's why I kind of picked up on this this morning. When you're feeling hopeless, focus on God's Word. Be teachable. My father uh, stopped going to school when he was 12 years of age. That was when he moved from Holland with his mom and siblings to come over to Canada where my grandfather had already been for a year. And at 12 years of age, his formal education stopped. So I find it very interesting that the word of advice that my dad's likely given me more than any other piece of advice in my life is to be teachable. So as we read God's word a little bit this morning, I, I want you to just kind of keep that in mind. Will you try and be teachable, Carrie? Set your mind on things above. <laughs> Graham likes to use this expression, doesn't he? Eyes up. On my phone, if you were to hit anything on my phone right now, my lock screen would come up with a picture of one of the forests I rode through this year. And on the screen would say, eyes up. I want to remember that every time I go to that phone. I want to remember that my focus needs to be when I'm returning a phone call to a customer that thinks their emergency is my emergency, I want to have my eyes up. When I'm sending an email to my parents, to uh, ask them about something, about Christmas, I want to make sure my focus is eyes up. When, whatever it is on my device, whatever it is that I'm doing on my phone, you know, we have these phones, they're, they're with us a bit, maybe you've noticed. Um, we have them a lot, 
Uh, age doesn't seem to have much of a bearing anymore. All of us have cell phones, and we all look at them. So I keep that as a reminder. Eyes up. Eyes up. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. How often when you have that feeling of hopelessness are your eyes down, not up? Yep, that's me. When the focus is on the things that I'm concerned about, I feel hopeless. Set your mind on things above. Third thing I would suggest is prepare, for, pre prepare today for tomorrow. Create a reservoir of hope for yourself. Create a, an abundance of hope that is accessible to you so that when you really need it or you need to share some of it with someone else, you can dip deep into the well of hope. And you can share it without being concerned about the reserve. This week, God made it very clear to me, crystal clear to me, that I need to be encouraging a couple of people around me. People who have done so much for me and my family. And I honestly stopped, and I had my phone in my hand, and my focus was eyes up, and I had nothing to say. You been there? So this is for those of us who don't feel hopeless right now. And you feel like you have some hope to share, but, but the problem is sometimes in our opportunity to share some hope, we... It's empty. Because Terry's bucket of hope is Terry's bucket of hope. It's not my God-filled reservoir of hope. And so I had to quickly focus and, and get rid of that and, and open up God's reservoir of hope. And God's reservoir of hope said this, and you already heard it once today, and you're going to hear it another time today still. May the God of hope fill you, fill you, fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. I wish it said as you continue to trust in Him, but I really think that's the flavor of it as you trust in him. The trust didn't come when all of a sudden you felt like you needed to have hope. Your trust as a child of God has been established, rooted for many of us many, many years ago when we said, there's an issue between God and I and the only way to fix it is through Jesus Christ and we accepted Christ to forgive our sins and we came into this right relationship with God. That's when our trust began. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may be able to overflow with hope. Because Terry has a good base of hope. No. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I typed those words, the tears flowed down my face. This verse is likely my verse. It's likely, if you know how people say, well, do you have a life verse? That's my life verse. I never thought of it as a life verse, but that's the verse I go to so often when I feel hopeless. 
when I see others and it's a struggle for them. I want to see in those that I care for that renewal of an overflow. Because the people that God asked me to care for and love on this week, they have overflowed on my life and in the life of my family so many times in such deep and profound ways. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited because I know there's still hope there. Something happened and the water is not as calm as it was, but the hope is still there and I can't wait to see an overflow in their lives again. It will happen. Prepare for today. Build a reservoir. And I'm going to tell you the secret to building a reservoir of hope. Getting God's Word. Getting God's Word. If you have a pen handy, you're going to want to write down a bunch of references. And if not, you can go online later and you can write them down and listen to them. But I'm going to read you several passages of Scripture. And I want them to flow over you. I've been praying these passages of Scripture for you for a couple of weeks. And I've spent a large part of my adult life praying them for myself so that I don't lose hope. Before I do that, a couple more things. If you're the type of person that doesn't have that hopeless feeling, thank you. I'm so glad we're not all the same. I'm so glad we don't, we don't all have ups and downs like I have ups and downs. Because you then have a responsibility to be an encourager. Encourage somebody. It doesn't have to be on a blue piece of cardstock. You can text them. You can run into them, by coincidence, at the No Frills store and encourage them. I have found in my life that when my wife says I'm heading to the store, the grocery store, she's usually going to be gone a while. Not because she takes a long time to shop and she just enjoys in the grocery store looking at every item on every shelf. I know she's going to be gone a while because she's going to run into someone. And she's going to encourage them. So I never text her and go, where are you? Why are you taking so long? Instead I pray. And I say, God, thank you. I don't know who it is today. But I know someone is in someone's path. So someone can be an encourager and receive that blessing, but someone can also be the recipient of that encouragement. And then finally, just pray. Just pray. Pray. Pray for those around you. Pray for those you know who are feeling hopeless. Pray for those who are not having that feeling. Pray that they will be an encourager. I have likely prayed over this list more than I have thought about it and acted on it. Because as this list was being put together, we really wanted to do this list to help each of us make a bigger impact for the kingdom of God. And if we're all active doing anything on this list, we're making a difference. We are making a difference. We're making a difference in the shop we work in. We're making a difference in the stores we go to. We're making a difference in the, the houses we're in. We're making a difference on the sports teams or perhaps with other parents as our kids are playing sports. We're making a difference. It's making a difference. So pray. I'm going to read some scripture, and I'm going to read scripture without any comment. I'll give you the verse, the chapter and verse, and then I'm just going to read it. So whatever way you like to um, engage in God's word, 
when someone else is reading, I like to close my eyes. One of my fondest memories is from hiking in the Adirondack Mountains with my brother-in-law. <clears throat> he always fell asleep a little bit later than the rest of us, so he would read to us as we laid in the tent. Just read sections of God's Word. So lay in your tent. Close your eyes. Let God's Word just penetrate your heart. Psalm 3, verses 2. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver me. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. The one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lay down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Romans 8, 24 and 25. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what, they've already, for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait patiently. Psalm 147, verse 11. <clears throat> the Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is already to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. 1 Peter 1.13 Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you, when Jesus Christ is revealed. 1 Peter 5.10 And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 1 Timothy 6.17 Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, 
which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Ephesians 1.18 I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Isaiah 40, 31. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In the words of Job, from Job 17, 15, where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? Psalm 42, 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And Isaiah 43 Verse 1 and 2. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God's word. Not Terry's word. Terry can't provide you the hope you need. God does. Focus on God's word. Set your mind on things above. <clears throat> Build a reservoir. Prepare today for tomorrow. Encourage each other. And pray for each other. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you know us so well. 
better than we know ourselves. That's overwhelming. But we're so thankful. And Father, this morning I pray for those who are in the earshot of my voice and those who are not, but are struggling with a feeling of hopelessness. That these words from your word, and in many cases your words from your word, they would penetrate us deeply and they would restore our hope. Thank you for the way you're patient with us, for the way you endure our efforts of trying to do it alone, for the way you um, gently wait seemingly in the wings for us to finally throw our hands up in the air as Job did and say, where is my hope? You wait for us. Thank you that you are our hope. We come to you. We place our hope in you. And Father, for anyone who this morning has not taken a step to build a relationship with you because of what Jesus Christ did, not because of what we do, but because of Christ dying for us on the cross, I pray that this morning might be their first step of trust in you so they would have hope for a future. Father, if someone has done that right now, we rejoice. We overflow with thanksgiving. Because you draw us to you. You give us a way to get back to you. And we're thankful. Thank you in Christ's name.